Hi, I just wanted to give this episode some context before you listen. We recorded it about two months back in hopes of releasing it on Valentine's Day, and uh, little did I know that uh, the lead actor of the movie, Julian Sands, would go missing. And unfortunately, he is still missing as of this recording. And I just wanted you to know that this isn't malicious in any way. The only reason I think that I wanted to put it out is we love on this show embracing the crazy and the odd in movies and finding joy in the craziest of ones that we find. I think that's a, a good thing. I think it's fun to remember these actors and these people who work on these movies in any form. I hope you understand, and I hope you uh, agree, and I hope that Julian Sands is found, and I hope that he's found and he's well. But I also hope you uh, have fun and think about this actor to this episode. Dramatic. Mysterious. Romantic. Thrilling. Intelligent. Sexy. These are all things that have nothing to do with our next movie. (laughs) Now it's garbage. another movie night. Hello, everybody. We are talking today. Talking trash. Talking trash. We are just another movie night. And as always, I'm Scott. And I'm Joe. We sure are. And today, we're talking trash about a movie that needs no introduction. Actually, it no, does. It really because does. <laughs> you have no idea what this is. And oh, nobody really should. But we have to talk about it because it is batshit crazy. It's called. Boxing Helena. An erotic dream. What's her name? She's Helena. From which he cannot awaken. A dark obsession. You're everything to me. You're nothing to me. He cannot control. Nothing to me. You have the faintest idea how to make me feel good. Make me feel good. What is it going to take, Nick, for you to realize I don't want anything to do with you? She is a woman he will do anything to possess. You have done a very bad thing. Anything. You should see what he's done to me. I had to operate here in the lab. If this is unheard of, why isn't she in the hospital? I took care of it, Alan. What about your life? I love her, Alan. Beyond love. Take her. Beyond obsession. Take her. There hides something. Beyond reason. You should see what he's done to me. Directed by David Lynch's daughter. 
Jennifer Lynch, who was 19 at the time. 19 years old at the time. And let's just, let me just put this out here real fast. Because I think this is a necessary thing that we have to hear. The Washington Post says, A two-hour stink bomb. Boxing Helena is pitifully pervy piece of work. (laughs) Rolling Stone says, What Lynch, who wrote the script at 19, sees as high drama is really camp. The San Francisco Chronicle says, Just awful, but uniquely awful. Awful in a way that might just attract a cult audience. September 3rd, 1993. Variety says, A 30 out of 100. The numerous sex scenes are good and steamy. All right, so today we are speaking about Boxing (laughs) Helena. This movie is craptastic in a special kind of way and we need to break it down yeah well so can i blow your mind for a minute please the kim basinger thing uh no even though that is a thing <laughs> but uh this uh director has also directed four episodes of Dahmer. Uh, um yeah only has done a tv show episode since yeah she's and a lot of good stuff um oh the watchers was american horror story um, yeah. so far eight episodes she's directed uh <laughs> episodes an episode of daredevil like basically yeah. every tv show agents of shield mm-hmm. jessica jones blah 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 blah. if you've seen it you've seen our work but you've never seen it like this no so since this is talking trash we're gonna break this movie down we're gonna discuss it dissect it and maybe along the way we all learn something at least learn something about each other okay <laughs> We're not going to learn shit. So this movie <laughs> is a wild movie. This came out in 1993, I believe. Came out, yes, 1993. And let's just start by saying that we um, we do bad movie nights on Mondays. and um, We force our friends we, to watch bad movies. Yes, we, well, we don't. Some of them really like it. The others are, are still I up in the air. I would say one of them do. But yeah. So yeah, we, we picked, actually, this is Scott's pick. And he went against me. I picked something off the wall ridiculous. But this is Scott's pick for Bad Movie Night. And in the uh, we usually have a, a genre and a score we have to pick movies from. And we rolled romantic. And I thought, what's more romantic than premise of this film? Now, I'm just going to give you a fast summary synopsis of this film. And it's going to be a really, really easy bare bones one because I don't want to spoil anything until we get to it. Okay, good idea. And if you don't know anything about this movie, it's going to be really, really interesting when you start hearing about it. Uh, this is about a psychotic piece of shit doctor who's obsessed with a woman. That's the premise. That's it. That's the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound good on paper. But once you start getting to how insane this guy is, that's when it gets interesting. So let's get right into the plot. Right off the bat, we are introduced to Julian Sands, who usually never plays lead roles. Not as far as I remember. Usually always a crazy side character or enemy. Usually villains in a lot of films. Warlock. Yes. He's very uh, very famous for doing Warlock. 
No witch can set foot on church ground. <laughs> you're telling me you're a witch? You ain't no witch. Witches are girls. Some are men. Yeah? So where's your broomstick? Witches fly on broomsticks. Didn't you never see the Wizard of Oz? I need no broomstick to fly. Yeah? So what do you need? <laughs> we start at a funeral. And we see Julian Sands' character at a funeral. He gets a phone, he gets in his car from the funeral. We don't know anything about what's happening. And he gets a phone call, and it's work. And they tell him, they're, they're, we can't really hear the phone, but we can only hear his, his reactions to everything. And so he says, yes, what, <laughs> what mechanical device has injured this person or something like that, right? Was it mechanical or was it uh, was what she, mechanism? What, mecha what, me <laughs> what, is the, what is the mechanism of injury? Yeah. So, like, we, we know that he's, like, a, you know, he's a star surgeon. That's yeah. what we're open with. And we basically, he says, come into work. And he's like, well, they don't say come into work, but he's like, I'll be in there in three, three minutes. Yeah, now he just buried someone. He just you. buried someone. He gets to the hospital, and we see uh, another actor who is famous for playing Red on uh, that, that 70 show. show. He's Kurt Woodsmith. Kurt Woodsmith. You morons just hung vacancy signs on your asses, and my foot's looking for a room. He's like, you just, just came back from the funeral. You sure you want to come to work? And he's like, yeah, the past is... What's buried? It's buried now. The past is buried. Yeah, he does say that. And he just goes <laughs> right into the surgery. And I guess we don't really see it, but I guess it's a success. And the family wants to talk to him. And we think we're going to get a scene where we get what happened or what's happening. We don't even see that. So it just jumps forward. And we, we don't even see anything of what's happening. We're not being told anything. The movie's just quickly jumping. Mm -hmm. And we now see that he just goes... From the hospital to a, a bar to hang out with his friend, who is oddly played by Art Garfunkel. Are you going to okay. Of Simon Why and Garfunkel. Is Art Garfunkel in this movie? <laughs> he's very out of place, and he's also he's always been such an interesting looking person. He has that two afros basically like a clown hair he does where it's like shaved in the middle in the middle and it's just two afro puffs it's just it looks like two like i mean it, it looks like someone just mowed the lawn right down the middle it, it's so <laughs> odd and it's just like bouncing it out so weird. and to see this little guy with that hair and then julian sounds we also have to talk about him because he is so like lanky and skinny okay. and his hair He's got like this boyish haircut where it's very short, long blonde hair, but like it's like shaggy. short and it's, it's like just shaggy. bouncing back and forth and it's very greasy. Yeah. And he just, he's doing it like a boyish face and reactions to everything. Yeah. He's, he's very creepy. And yeah. I don't, I don't know. He just looks like a, he just looks like a creep. He is probably one of the worst picks to be this lead actor. Oh, 100%. Ever. There's nothing like sexy or alluring about him. It, it, and, I don't know if that was the point. I heard of his other actors involved, and a lot of people just kept dropping out and didn't want to do it. And after I read the script, I wouldn't want to do it either. And <laughs> in the opening, we were kind of mentioned that Kim Basinger, yeah, uh, she was hired to do this movie. She signed on. 
And then the last minute, she said, no fucking way, and she dropped out. And they had to sue her. Yeah, they sued her for a lot of money. A lot of money. It, so much that she had to file bankruptcy. Yeah. They were going to bankrupt her. I mean, I would and never I, sign on to do something like this. I don't care. I mean, it, it, the, the, the whole premise is so bad. It, it, it's it, insane. But when you start hearing about what the actress in this movie has to do, you're going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. Who would want to sign on for this? Yeah. So, yeah, so Julian Sands is hanging out with, um, hanging out with Art Garfunkel. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. At a bar. Art Garfunkel. what I say? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, I it can't just, get over just it. just keeps saying Art Garfunkel's in this movie yeah. as in character. Like, why? Remember me to one who lives there. He just disappears at one point in the movie, too, It makes by the way. no sense. He could have just, they could have found someone off the street. And they do that with the other characters. So, <laughs> they so they, they're hanging out at a bar, and they go up to, he goes to the bar. You know, Art's been sitting there for a while having his little drink. And he comes over, and he's all, like, happy. And he's like, the fun- how was the funeral and everything? And he's like, I was left the house. You know, and then all of a sudden, he looks at the back of the bar, and he sees our lead actress... Sherilyn Finn. Sherilyn Finn from Twin Peaks. Little Audrey Horn just walked in. Yeah, I saw her at church. Wonder what she's doing down here. That we all kind of knew her from Twin Peaks right off the bat, and yeah. the Wraith and everything like that. Um, I love that movie. She's at the back of the bar, and she's looking pretty, and she's talking to a bunch of guys at the pool tables or whatever. And Julian Sands reacts instantly, like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go." And he's like, "What is it?" And he's like, "And, he, and I guess Art Garfunkel." She once was a true love of mine. looks at the back of the bar and sees her and he says do do you think you should think you know, i gotta get out of here i gotta get i gotta get away and he's like calm down you know it's gonna be all right just ignore her you know and he's like no i, I have to get out of here and he's like okay he's like let's go let's go so they get up and they go outside to get their cars and julian Sands just goes okay i'll see you later do you ever think she thinks about me and he's just like what what are you talking yeah, about no, dude? you know like well whatever he just leaves him. So why Art Garfunkel had to leave the bar? Tell her to make me a cambric Is beyond me. He could have just told him, well, I, I'm not going to stay. I have to go. And just leave. But he t- makes this guy get up out of the bar and just go. It's so weird. So like, we, don't, we don't know what's happening. We don't, we don't know no why, idea. who this woman is to him. We don't even know this character. We don't yeah. really know who he is. No idea. We... We get a weird flashback to him as a child going home and going up the stairs to his 
beautiful house. Yeah, this is like like right after the bar scene, right? I, it's somewhere in there in between. It's probably really quick in the beginning. I don't, I'm not really sure. But we see him walking up a staircase. And we hear what sounds like giggling and a man coming out of the door. It sounds like something has just happened sexually. Mm-hmm. The man comes out of the doorway and says, well, I'll see you next time or whatever. And then he sees like, oh, I see you have a guest. And it's the little kid walking up the stairs. And a woman comes out, butt naked, stands at the top of the stairs and goes, were you watching us? Were you watching, you little pervert? <laughs> yeah. Like that type of thing? Something like that. But like I think like she was like... Like, she was, like, looking at the kid like she was almost, like, okay with him staring at her naked. It was just it, weird. Yeah, it's not even, like, she's, like, disappointed. She's just, like, really calmly, sexually saying to him, were you watching? Yeah. You little, you little pervert. It's so weird. So this and her is the, tits are just hanging oh, out, just and she's out. smoking a cigarette. Yeah, they're just out. Like, she's just standing there, and I'm like, oh, God. So this is, like, our. I guess we, we are getting some kind of, like... I don't. We don't. We really Trauma don't know that he went through because or something. They cut the the same time, it's him coming into the house that he has now inherited. Yes, from this woman who now we are assuming is his mother. Is his mother or or I don't know because, I mean, we're I'm we seeing see, mother. We see a man leaving her bedroom and yeah, she's like, naked. So like almost like he, he like was some kind a of prostitution. He, yeah, like he was a John or something. Which is insane because mm-hmm. this house is. Gorgeous, it's, and it's huge. It's a mansion. It's a mansion. Yeah, it's a mansion. So we're we're getting the the whole idea that this is his mother who's like hooking herself out to guys, um, which is weird because the kind of house that she has does not come across as though she would make that kind of money from just doing that. I don't know. Agreed. I mean, that house is like a palace. It was ridiculous. And then, you know, I guess I I'm, I'm just gonna say that that's his mom. Yeah, I, I mean, we're only. I think if it's said in here, we might have been laughing in, in the confusion, but I, I don't think so. I, I, I think it is the mother, and I'm not really sure if it hammered that in. Yeah, and they, they never told us. Yeah. It, it was just like, okay, so we just got this tiny flashback to this little kid, to Julian Sands as a kid, Yeah, and we're just assuming that he's had some major trauma because that woman is his mother. Yeah, this is the guy who's like got some sexual problem. Yeah, yeah. Like the, so, so he's he's like he's fucked in the head because his mom was fucked in the head. So, so we see that he is now living with a fellow doctor, mm-hmm. which is his girlfriend Anne. Right. Yes. yes. Uh, the act, the character's name is Anne, mm-hmm. and they seem to be living together in this mansion. Now I think they moved in after the funeral. And I think he inherited it, and they moved in, and they basically just kept it the way it is. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. loaded with things. He decides, I need to go for a run. And she's like, oh, she's got the comical bag of groceries. She went grocery shopping. She comes in with the bag. It's got the celery stick hanging out of it, everything you've ever seen in a movie. And she's like, I'm going to make us dinner. She's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go for a run. I really just got to clear my mind. So he goes for a run. And he's all sweaty. And he just so happens to run to her, that girl that he saw in the bar's house. Sherilyn Fenn. Yeah. He, we don't know how he knows where she lives. We don't really know any of that. He just runs to that house and decides to climb the tree 
and Peeping Tom Wise just stare at her through the window. Yeah, he's now, sitting in the tree, staring at her through the window, and she's like in her bra. She's like got a drink. It's like so over-sexualized. So she's got a drink, and she's like rubbing the drink on her breasts, and it, it, it's like so extra. To set the scene, imagine a giant window with multiple windows that come out of it. Yeah. And in each window is a entire bed sheet flapping in the wind. <laughs> But just perfectly see through They're enough. not bed sheets. They're curtains. <laughs> they look like bed sheets. They're full satin bed sheets they're blowing in the wind. They're fucking curtains. Surrounded by candles every single way. Okay. Anywhere you can think there's Who a candle. There's a candle many? lit in this room. It looks like the room is on fire. It, there's so many there's candles so many. everywhere. If, if, if this person had a bottle, if this person had a lamp, they stuck a candle on it. But that kind of preparation before a romantic encounter is just excessive. Hang, I mean, check. Here, if you're moving into a, a room, make sure a giant window, stand in front of it naked, check. Hang bed sheets everywhere, check. <laughs> Put fans on while you have the windows wide open, check. Put a candle and light it in every corner in the room check that's this fucking room <laughs> to our to our listeners um curtains are now going to be known as flowing bed sheets <laughs> look i know what a curtain looks like and i know what a bed sheet looks like first off <laughs> curtains aren't usually see-through curtains usually block the sun that's the point these are see-through so we can see her nipples that's why they're bed sheets they're Thin the layered. Sheets you can't see through either. Yes, you can. The, the th- what's that called? The one that you tuck. What the weight? You know, like uh, the maid tucks it in in the hotel, and it's like really, really tight, and you don't even what? know it's there. That's that's what. Uh, okay, there's a, fitted, a down comforter. No, or something there's like that? a fitted sheet. Yeah, the and then the there's a sheet. regular. The fitted sheet's sheet. the thin one. No, the fitted sheet goes over the mattress. It, it has the elastic. It goes over the mattress. So what's the next one up? That that's one like that the, no one uses. The bed sheet. They, it's just useless. It, that's the one I'm talking about. It's a bed sheet. <laughs> It's the thin one. It's the thin, guys, tiny see-through. If you could just see my husband right now. First of all, he's smiling as though he's so confident. But it is not a bed sheet. It is just a sheer piece of fabric. It's not a Wait, bed so sheet. you can say curtain and now you're going to fabric? If you want to get technical, if it might not be a curtain. It might just be like a piece of fabric. But it's completely sheer. And it's purple. There's one that's purple. There's one that's pink. And one that was white. Like, they were all different colors. Satin bed sheets. <laughs> it's satin at all. I can't do this anymore. Okay, See let's move on. satin bed sheets. <laughs> next to candlelight. Okay. So they can burn. Yeah, so... The and the w- fans are <laughs> pumping on these suckers. Oh, and they're my flapping God. in the wind. So the window is open. So we're made to think that the breeze is coming through the window. But there's so much breeze in this room. Like, I don't even there know... There is a tornado like, in yes. this room. How are the freaking candles still lit? And, like, not a hair on her head is moving. So it's so weird. But the, the, the drapes are... are flapping in the wind. The drapes... <laughs> I'll drape you in a minute. The fabrics. All right, so... Whatever. So Sherilyn Finn is standing in her lingerie in front of the bed sheets flapping and she has got a perfect little glass the tiny little one you see in every movie where they get the ice in there so they got a perfectly garnished little bottle i'm guessing bourbon or some sort and it's so cold in this room all the wind is blowing but they're so cold she's got to rub it on her tits yeah And he's standing in the trees. Now, she's looking right out the window. Yeah, she, there's no way she won't see him. He's There is a gangly blonde 
sweaty, gangly blonde in his running shorts. And there, I got to tell you, when I say running shorts, I mean ball huggers. There, <laughs> he, there's a shot of him climbing up the tree like a monkey. And we, we have to have a camera shot of his nut almost falling out. And she doesn't see this fucking guy. I don't understand what's happening here. So she's looking like virtually at him. Oh and he's God. like, oh, my. Oh, he's so into it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we would see this person. A guy comes out of like he was standing the whole time. Yeah, he was like in the side. I the guess side the shot. bed sheet was flapping right perfectly in front of his face. <laughs> because a man just gets on her. They take off. She, the, we never see this guy's face, but we see his body. And they start going at it. And she, she starts getting naked. And they start having sex. And he loses his fucking mind. And he just gets out of that tree and starts having crazy, comical freak out. He starts running down the street, flapping his arms like, oh, oh, right? And he's like freaking, and he is drenched in sweat. I wish you guys could see the yeah. movements that he was making just now. Right? It's like blank, man. <laughs> it's like crazy. Um, oh, my gosh. What? Oh, God. You don't remember that movie? No, but I remember it being bad. You don't remember Blank Man? Oh, it's no. funny. Um, well, it's bad funny. Uh, we should do that one day. Uh, so he's running down the street, and it's, it's in that comical slow motion run toward the camera where he doesn't look like he's actually running. He could be on a treadmill, and he's yeah. just flapping his arms, and he's like, oh. Yeah, he had like some kind of psychotic break watching her make love to another man. And he gets to a phone booth that sounds like it was ringing already. Yeah. And he gets on it, and the camera starts spinning around this phone booth, like the Matrix. Oh, like it, it was like spinning around really it fast. It spins around for a good while. Like it was just making me dizzy. I'm like, what is, why, what is the reasoning behind this? Why do we need this? He starts like freaking out, and he starts calling. I believe he calls, if I'm not mistaken, he tries to call her house, and she's having sex. And she gets very pissed off and she answers the phone. I don't know why she stops having sex to answer this phone. But the phone is this really bizarre answering machine that keeps like beeping yeah. and coming back. And it's really obnoxious. So she answers the phone and she just hears breathing. And she's like, fucking A. And she hangs up the phone again. And he's in the phone booth and it's still spinning. And he's freaking out. And I think he calls the flower shop. This is very late at night. So, okay, we forgot to tell our listeners how he knows her. No, we don't know that yet. We don't know anything. We I don't even think we find that out, Joe. Wasn't that in the bar? Then he told, um... I, uh, later on, Garfunkel? someone says... Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Garfunkel later, later on, I think, says to him, it was only one date. Yeah, so we're led to believe he went on like one date with her. This right at this point in the movie, and the reason I didn't bring that up yet was because right now the way he's reacting, this is like an ex-wife or he's an like ex-girlfriend completely that they had a serious relationship. Yeah, this movie doesn't seem right now like she, like they 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 seem like this has to be a big setup, but it, none of that comes. He is just obsessed. Like, he's freaking out. And this camera thing's going around this uh, phone booth. And I believe he orders flowers to her house. Yeah, he orders flowers to her house. And, like... And he's like, oh, I'll send her my love and everything. And he gets in the car. And he goes home. He stops in front of the house. I believe he falls asleep and has a dream about her having sex. 
Yeah. That he, the not, sex scene goes on for a yes, lot longer. Yes, but not with him. No. No. Whoever was, that was, just more sex. Yeah. And she, he wakes up and sees that she, the, the girlfriend, Anne, that's in the house, is it, also, this is comically, in front of the front window, she's doing the dining room table and she's wrapping up that he never came home for dinner. So she's wrapping it all up. Yep. And he's, wait, he just goes, oh, and he starts the car again and drives back into the house. Like, why did he even stop outside the house yeah, I don't and get then it. drive into the house again? It's so weird. N- none of that makes and sense. He comes in the house and he basically puts her to sleep. She's like asleep on the couch. And he's like, oh, Anne, I, I feel so bad. Right? But he starts getting increasingly like he can't stop thinking about her. So he starts having dreams about her. We, we cut to her now in her house. And the person she's having sex with is Bill Paxton. You never know who may stop by. Mm. No kidding. A young Bill Paxton who has long, shaggy hair. And she says to him, I'm done because of the phone calls set her off. And he's like, you know, why don't, you know, why don't you come to bed or whatever? She's like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with you. I'm bored. Yeah, she's kind of mean. Yeah, and he's like, oh, well, fuck you too. So he gets up and he starts getting dressed and he's like, I'm leaving. And she's like, good. Go to the, the grocery store and pick me up some alcohol. Yeah, like she's like the worst. She, I mean, and some limes. She really is the worst and some pomegranate. Yeah, and she and he's like, I'm not come, I'm not going to get your, I'm not your boy, I'm not your grocery boy or whatever. I'm, I'm going to the club. I'm going to go get laid. Now this guy's just been having sex for what seemed like Two days. Yeah. They, they kept showing it over and over and over. And then he's like, no, I'm going to go get laid at the club. And she, he leaves. And she's like, whatever. And she instantly gets on the phone and she calls a grocery store to deliver groceries. She says, I know it's late. It, it does. It seems like it's midnight. It seems like it's later than that. And There's she a calls... flower store open and a grocery store. Yeah, open. she but she calls a grocery store and tells them to deliver her alcohol. She specifically says, gin? Mm-hmm. I think it was, I think it was Jen. I don't remember what alcohol was, but it was alcohol, limes, and pomegranate. A large pomegranate. And she goes, ha, ha, ha. Okay, three pomegranates. Like, why? <clears throat> Listen, I need a delivery, okay? Bottle of Sterling vodka, bottle of roses, lime juice, and two large pomegranates. Okay, three medium. <laughs> yes, please. That's why her grocery did, list. Yeah, but why in like the middle of the night is the store going to deliver that shit to her? Yeah. It, was, it was so bizarre. Like they, they put so much in this movie that didn't make any sense at all. We're just oh, like, yeah, yeah. This That's this whole, movie in a nutshell. Yeah. I, I, so. So yeah. So <laughs> it turns out that Jillian Sands, like he's a he's a really amazing surgeon, and he has a really good job. He was just handed all this money, a house. He's got a girlfriend that really is into him. She's also a doctor. But he's obsessed with this other woman. Helena. Her name is Helena. Helena. And he decides he wants to throw a party for her. Yes, and, and not just her. for her, but just throw a party, um, you know, with her in mind. Like he wants to impress her. Yeah. He <laughs> invites all the doctors, all the nurses, all of the these people. All the important people that like work in his hospital, all his, you know, rich friends. Yeah. 
It's just an overdone party. We see a scene that his girlfriend is with her friends, and one of the friends says, I think he's going to propose to you tonight. You think so? Who else could all this be for? Meanwhile, he's staying at the front door looking at his watch, getting angry. We we have seen a scene before this that she is getting ready and she's going to go away. So she's like, I'm going away. And Bill Paxson shows up at the house. And he's like, where are you going? He's like, put this dress on. We're going to go party tonight. And he's, she's like, no, I'm going somewhere. I'm leaving. I'm thinking about going to Mexico. And he's like, I will go with you. And she says, no, I'm going on my own. And he's like, you know, screw you. You know, I'm done with you. And so he leaves. And she actually goes to this party, which is really strange because they had set up that she was going to go to Mexico. Yeah, but I, we didn't even see her get invited to this party. We don't. She, I think he sent her the flowers that he called, and I, I don't know if he left some message or whatever. It, she just—he's freaking out at the door, and all of his friends are coming, and they're like, "Great party! This is a really good party." And Garfunkel. Is drinking a drink and he's like, "What are you drinking?" He's like, uh, "Scotch and soda," and he's like, uh, "You want one?" And he's like, "No, can I have a sip of yours?" And then he downs Garfunkel's entire glass and he's like, "Why are you freaking out?" He's like, "I'm looking for somebody. I'm waiting for somebody." So he goes to the front door and he's looking at his watch still, getting panicked that the girl that he wants to come to this party is not coming. And his, by the way, Anne, his girlfriend, doesn't even notice that he's freaking out. No. Nobody seems to really know what's going on except Garfunkel. He's like, what's the, what's the matter with you? Well, Helena does show up. And she shows up in a black dress and instantly goes up. She just comes and she goes, uh, he says, oh, oh, you came. I'm so happy you came. And she says, yeah, 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 yeah you know what's going on let, let me go get a drink and she's like he's like oh, this is my house and she's like yeah whatever and she hands him her his her bag she says hold this for me yeah she's very mean it yeah. should be set up already okay first of all we should tell our listeners that she is absolutely a nasty bitch I, well the only scene we got into that was her with bill paxton well twice. the scene that she was with bill paxton i mean she just completely belittled him and just was just a nasty bitch like oh. you bore me get out of my room i'm you know i'm tired of you and just just nasty all around and so this person is not not a nice girl she's no. not and, and and i feel really i've done disservice to bill paxton in this movie because when he shows up a second time he is wearing the sprockets outfit from snl your story has become tiresome. Now's the time when Sprocket Family dies. He is wearing tight leather black pants that aren't doing anything good for his package. And he is wearing a sheer black tight shirt. It's like a mesh, uh, yeah, mesh. shirt. And like he looks like he stepped right out of near dark, which makes sense because that's like the look he, he had. He, he was definitely like he walked right off the set of near dark into this movie. And, and his character is a douchebag. Like he is kissing his muscles. And he's walking like he can hardly walk. He's walking like John Wayne. Like he's got something up his ass and then his back is being pulled back. Yeah. So he's walking around very strange. But also trying to channel Tony Tony Monero in Saturday Night Fever when it's, he like struts around. Yeah, it's so, so strange. Like, it's very odd the way he's acting. Like his shit don't stink, but then also he's got something stuck up there. Yeah. 
so the party, she's like, you know, hold my stuff. And he's like, oh, oh, Helena, I'm so glad. I, I hope you like my house. Uh, I, I, this party is for you. I got your favorite foods. I also have your favorite drink. And it, he, she just walks away from him. And another guy comes up. He sees them. It's like a guy that works with uh, Julian Sands at the hospital who's like a younger guy. I don't know if he's a young doctor in training or whatever, but he comes up and he goes, whoa, who's the girl? And he's like, Helena. Helena. She walks off yeah, to go get al- hors d'oeuvres know? and alcohol, right? How would he even know, though, what her favorite drink is? Who the how hell knows? How would he knows? Knows what, know what her favorite food is? How would he know any of this? So that's what I think this is when it gets said. You know, like the guy, the young guy goes, I'm going to go talk. Oh, I'm going to go talk to her. And he's like, he's like, you don't mind, do you? He's like, no. He's like, okay. So he goes off to talk to her and he just stands there watching her and him talk. And Garfunkel comes over and goes, Tell her to find me an acre of land. What's going on, man? Why is she here? Why did you invite her? You only went on one date. Yeah. And he's like, you don't get it. You don't understand. And the girl and, you know, Helena and this guy are getting along. And she decides to take off her dress. And she has a slip or whatever you like, call yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a slip um, underneath her dress. And she just gets in a water fountain and dances around in slow motion, getting soaking wet, flipping her hair back. And the guy's just laughing. And all the other party guests are going, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. It Especially was like, Anne, his yeah. girlfriend, is just watching like, what is happening? Like, why would you, first of all, like, what kind of crazy bitch is this? Yeah. She decides that she's going to take off her dress in front of all these party guests and just be down into her little slip and she's going to frolic around in a fountain and like rub all over herself and like it was so over sexualized it's like what what are you doing making a spectacle out of yourself it's like so extra she was completely she's like a narcissist she was like completely in love with herself and she just put on a spectacle for everyone to look at her yeah she just and, wanted everyone to look at her and it should be noted that the moment she gets out of the fountain perfect makeup perfect makeup yeah, she had her whole face in the fountain. I mean, there wasn't like literally a, a freaking eyelash out of place. It's like, come on. They go get a drink, and they're sitting over at the thing. They're getting drinks, and all the women are like just pissed. Right? I mean, rightfully so. This is Anne's living here. As yeah, well, like, this it is seems not like. a freaking spring break, you know, girls gone wild party. This is like a classy party. It's really nice. And she just whips off her freaking dress like some hoe and gets in a. In a fountain, starts frolicking around, and there's even an orchestra playing. Yeah, at this place, that's how fancy this thing is. And Julian Sanchez is freaking out, and he's in the house, and he goes into the like a library or office that he has, and he's got an obsession with changing his clothes. Every time something gets freaky for him, he starts changing his clothes, and he's got them in the back, and he constantly throws his clothes into the trash can. It seemed like he was throwing him yeah, away. He keeps doing it and he goes into the corner and he's just like freaking out and he's like like just having like a moment where he's gotta like calm down. And Anne comes into the, the room and she says, Who's that woman? And he's like, Huh? What what was that, um, Helena? She's like, My name's Anne. And he's like, Oh no, I mean her name is Helena. You know? And she's like, What the hell is going on? And that right at that moment, 
the door opens up and the Anne is on the other side of it, so the guy doesn't know that he she's there. But the young guy comes and he goes, "Hey, uh, I'm going to take Helena home. She's a special woman. Your guys are not dating or anything, right?" And he says, N- "No, we're not dating. You you could take her home." And he's like, "Oh, thanks, man, because she's special." And I, I really, I'm so happy right now. But you could tell that Julian's hands is like visibly shaken. Yeah. Like he's just like, oh my God. Like he, his acting in this movie is so atrocious. He, I've never seen the, the, just how over the top he is obsessed with this girl. Yeah. Like, like basically wimp. just licking her ass. Yeah, like just, just wimp comes to mind. I'm trying to think of words to pathetic, like yes, pathetic, pathetic, um, you know, just a pussy whip. Yeah. I didn't want to say it, but thank you. Sorry, that's what it is. But I mean, I it was like she was like the goddess, you know, coming down from the heavens and like blessing him. Like, it, it, come on, she's not all that. She was really pretty, but come exactly on. to act like a fool like that. <laughs> he was acting like a total fool. It was embarrassing. So yeah, and goes, uh, I'm leaving, you know, and she just like storms out, and he's like. Uh, he doesn't really stop her at all. He doesn't even try. No, he doesn't and care about her. We just see a slow motion over and over of Helena and the kid leaving the front door into blackness. Yeah. And they just keep showing it. Well, because that's like Julian Sand's mind is like seeing it over and again, over yeah. and over. Like it's just driving him crazy. And, and it's like her hand is behind her back and she keeps looking over with a sinister smile at him. Yeah, like as if to say, <laughs> like fuck you, fuck you, yeah. and he's just flipping out. Yeah, like I'm leaving with another guy. Fuck you. Um, she she's just a total, just a, a nasty person, just really vile, yeah. vile person. So the next day, he has Anne has like left, and he's just flipping out, and he's like can't handle it. His and- obsession over this woman is just. Yeah, it's psychotic. I think he sent flowers to her house again. He's like nuts. Yeah. And she calls and leaves an answering machine message. She says, hey, I left my stuff at your house, my purse. I left my purse at your house. I need it back. I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to be at the airport at this time. I want you to bring it to me at the airport. I need it. Oh, and by the way, that young kid says hi. Yeah. Total bitch. Yeah. And of course, we see him go, he's sitting outside the, ho- the the airport in his car, and he's got the purse on the, the side seat, and she storms out across the street, walks across the lane of traffic of people dropping off and picking up, and she comes over to the car, and he's adjusting the mirror, because he just wants to stare at her, and he's like so excited, oh, there she coming, she coming, and she just bursts in and goes, give me the damn purse, you son of a bitch, and he's like... I brought it for you, Helena. I brought it for you. Like, he sounds like a lost little, like, puppy. Like, yeah. he's just a, a hot mess. Yeah, and she she's mad because she goes, I've been waiting for you. I told you to come at this time, and you been, you left me sitting there for an hour, and I missed my flight, and now I have to get a new thing, but I need my ID, and everything's in my purse. Well, she needs her, yeah, she, but she wanted her black book. Well, then she takes the bag and starts walking, and then she says, where's my black book? Would you take stuff out of my bag? And he's like, no, it must have fallen out of the house. I'll get in the car, and we'll go to my house, and and we'll look for the black book, and then I'll drive you, and I'll help you book a new flight. Yeah, like, and that's exactly like, how he sounds, I don't want to come to your house. Too. I don't want to come to your house. Like I don't want to do any of that. screaming at him. She's like, you son of a bitch. You did this on purpose. And they're standing 
they're fighting in front of cars waiting to drive by and no one's honking and they're just standing there screaming at each other and he's like well no not at each other she's screaming at him and he's just like and she's like fine bring me back to your house yeah, and, he's like groveling at this point. So she gets in his car and he's like, oh, Helena, this is going to be great. Oh, I got all your favorite foods at the house. Everything's going to be great. I'm telling you, Helena, we'll have a few drinks. I'll make you some sandwiches. Yeah, and yet again, how do we know? How does he know what anything of her favorite is? If they only had one date, like... Nothing it, is it's, established. It's a, it, This whole plot is so bonkers. And like, I, I'm, I have a question here if I can just, you know, take uh, five seconds. How dare you? I, I have a question. How... Does this woman care this much about an address book that she's going to miss her flight to Mexico, go back to this creep's house with him just to get her address book if she wasn't like some kind of high-priced call girl? She has to be some kind of hooker because she says black book. Like my black well, You know, she book. doesn't say black book. That's mine. I put that in there. It's She I actually says she actually address, says address book. She says address book. She does. And so okay. I thought she did, but it is a black book, you know, when we do see it, but yeah. I, I just have, I, I don't understand how they, they don't even establish this character at all. Okay. We just Neither. see her like, no, yeah. I mean, at least we know that he's a surgeon and he's, you know, got something going on, but with her, all we see so far is just sex. That's it. You know, there's nothing, there's no substance or any kind of like explanation to her character yeah, at she all. She just seems like an asshole. She just seems like a hardcore asshole. Yeah. And so like, what what does she do for a living? How does she, like, what what does she do? And so, the address book is like, I guess that's their way of saying that she's a call girl. Which but, is weird because Bill Paxton's obsessed with her, and they seem like they're dating. And that's true. And she left the party with that guy. So yeah. if she was dating Bill Paxton, well, I mean, she's... you don't have to be dating like you don't have to be dating one person. This is the new age, Joe. No, it's not. That was 1993. <laughs> I think it's always been like that. We just well, had a different kind of, you know, I guess. love at first sight. I mean, aw. But, like, honestly, I don't think that, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could date multiple people. Yeah, it's people not, do that. Yeah, people I do it all the time. I think that but happens. I mean, it just seems like the way she treats people is so hard and, like, so so cold and, like, just nasty. Well, she's that, just a real scumbag. Yeah, like, this is a movie full of scumbags and no one to root for. I feel like she's a call girl, but they never established I that. I agree. Okay, so maybe that's why he's so obsessed with her, and I think that goes into later on. Yeah. So she, he, they go back to her house, the, his house. She storms in the damn house and she's like, "Where's the book? Where's the book?" And he's like, "Just come in here. Come, come in here and have a drink. I'll make you a sandwich. Come on, I got food over here for you." She's like, "You did this on purpose," and he's like, "Look, have food." And she's like, looks down at the food, and he's got one of those trays that you open up, and the food's underneath it. Yeah. You know, like serving dinner. And in that tray is the book. Yep. And she's like, you son of a bitch. You did this on purpose. And he's like, look, Helena. Look, please. I, I really care about you. I'll, I'll take care like of you. he's groveling. I'll fly you to Mexico. I'll take care of everything. And I just want you to spend time with me. Yeah, it's so embarrassing. And she's like, I don't want to spend time with you. You're pathetic. I can't stand you. I want to leave. So she storms out of the house. She storms straight out of the house. And it's really odd where this is located, this house. It seems like a long driveway. And a couple scenes when they drive in, there seems like a lot of bushes yeah. and hedges. Yeah, she walks through the hedges to get out. Which is crazy because she just walks straight. And all of a sudden, there's like just a hill and a street. Yep. So she walks right out there. And he's like screaming. He's like, oh, Helena, come on, please, please, please. And she turns... 
and she's standing in the street. So you automatically know exactly. what's about to happen. What's going to happen, yeah. And it almost feels like he's setting up something to entrap her. Yeah. But no, out of nowhere, a red Bronco-type pickup truck yeah. of some sort comes out of nowhere. She's able to look at it, look at him, and then look at the car again, and then get hit. Yeah. Full on. And can I please say that this is the most comical thing I've seen in a movie in a long time, where the car is literally going about 150 miles an hour and coming right at her, doesn't try to swerve, doesn't try to stop, nothing. Just slams into her and keeps driving. What's really great is, it not only does that, it hits her, which would make her like propel downward, but the speed of the car would make her go underneath it quick. So she does, but for some reason, she's turned, she gets hit, and turns, falls down, so only her legs get run over by the truck. Yeah. And we see her legs squash. Yeah, she would have been completely obliterated if that truck hit her. It was like a truck that... Where the grill was like at her shoulders length. Yeah, so we, it we got just... head trauma. We got all oh, kinds yeah. of necks. She would have not problems. made it. No, yeah. if that truck truck was going like a hundred something miles an hour, it was going quick. Yeah, and we just now don't see any of anything except he's in the house. We get a knock at his front door. Kurtwood Smith is at the front door, and he's like, "Hey, you know, you haven't been to work in a while. I haven't seen you in ages. Yeah, it's been a while." And you haven't been back, and they're looking for a replacement for the head surgeon. Which, this is a hospital that needs a head surgeon. I, I don't know who's been taking over, you know? like. So he's just like, look, could you put, could you write a recommendation for me to take over your position? You know I'm worth it. Mm-hmm. And Julian Sands is kind of a dick, and he's kind of like, you, huh? And he's like, do I have a week still before I, before I have to retire or leave? I still have a week I can come back. And he's like, yes, technically you have a week. He's like, well, then you'll have my answer. Kurtwood Smith's like, all right. And then we all of a sudden hear a strange noise coming from the bedroom area. At least we think it's a bedroom. It's kind of like a door with some, uh, not not bed sheets on it, but little curtains. <laughs> and it, it's just kind of like a glass door. You can this all It's all window and all glass, and it's got the curtains on it. And you hear something behind it, like there's been something falling over. And Kurtwin Smith's like, everything all right? Is anybody else here? And he's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know what? I'll, I'll get back to you. You know, I'll get back to you with the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Or, or with, with what I'm going to do. And then there's another noise. And Kurtwood Smith goes to like wants to go investigate and he says just give me a moment there's something in the other room it's knocking over i'm gonna go investigate so he runs in there and we find we find helena helena like in bed sitting straight up sitting straight up in bed with what seems to be her legs missing and she seems dazed we can't really tell at all. It looks like she's standing upward through a bed. Yeah. It's very I mean, bad looking. We so know the actress really... is standing up yeah, in a we, bed. We, you can't really tell if we're supposed to think there's no legs. Right. They, well, you see like little nubs kind underneath of, not even the much. sheet. Um, but, you know, it looks like she, there's, it, you could literally tell that she's standing up in a hole in the bed. It you looks know? terrible. It doesn't look like she's got no legs. It just looks bad. 
It does look terrible. And so... Kurtwood Smith is like, oh my God, what are you What are you doing? What has happened? And he's like, I'm taking care of her. I'm taking care of her. She, I'm, I'm, t- I'm making sure she got hit by a car in front of the house. Kurtwood Smith is like, you have to take her to the hospital. And he's like, the truck ran off. It didn't stop. And I was forced to do surgery here in the house. <laughs> he's like, I had to remove her legs. They were damaged beyond compare, uh, repair. And I figured here was safer to take care of her, and I could just stay home. And that's why I haven't been to work, because I have to wait on her hand and foot. Yeah, but Kurtwood Smith doesn't even say, so who Smith the is fuck like, is she? How do you know her? Well, why he saw this? her at the party, too. But I don't know how he knows her. He doesn't really ask. He just says, this is unethical. You have to bring her to the hospital. And he's yeah. like, look, I'm going to write your recommendation letter. I'm going to make you head surgeon. Just don't tell anybody. Kerwood Smith's like, I do like money. Yeah, so, so his motivation right. is to write that letter of recommendation for me, and I'll just ignore everything I see here. And he does. Kerwood Smith just leaves the movie from yeah, this point on. He just leaves the movie because he's got what he wants. He doesn't give a shit if this woman is probably being held under against her will. You know, it has no idea what's going on. And that there's just, I mean, basically there's a legless woman that looks completely drugged out of her mind in a bed, and that's just fine with him. He's He just wants the, the dream job. Yeah, and he just gives up on that. So we now have Helena legless in his bed and he is taking care of her and he is she's like drugged she's out of loopy she's out of her mind rightfully she was hit by a truck uh yeah um and she's also had massive surgery and she starts freaking out that she can feel her legs and she can feel them burning and she's like, I can feel them. And he's just like, it's okay, Helena. I'm going to be here for you. I'm here for you. Yeah, she's like, like ah. He's still kissing her ass and like, I mean, just completely like a puppy dog all, all over her. Just, you know, anything you want, my princess, anything. I'll take care of you. Oh, my God, I love you. So, yeah, the, the movie from here on is her, him babying her and her screaming I want you to fucking die. Like basically every minute is like, Oh my he gets God. Her, he gets her a wheelchair. That's a giant. It looks like the chair from the Adams family. Yeah. That uh, Morticia sits in. Yeah. And he wheels that in so he can, she can hide her feet underneath. It's you know, her, yeah, it's so big. So she could sit like, you know, on her knees yeah. in the chair and you can't tell that she doesn't have any, you know, that she doesn't have legs, but like, honestly, it's, it's so comical. And like, and might I just say that, Everyone in this movie, and I mean every single character, is either a colossal piece of shit or just a huge dummy. Yeah. I mean, so, it, these characters are really hard to watch. Yeah, it's really bad. So he wheels in this wheelchair, and she's like, get that thing out of here. I don't want that wheelchair. And he's like, I want you to get around, Helena. I need you to get around so you can have you can go around the house, and we can do things together. And she's like, I don't want to do anything with you. I hate you. And he's like, you have to go in this wheelchair. And so he, she's like, no. He's like, all right. So he gives her loan time. He gives her flowers, and he puts a little note that says, when you're ready, I'll be here. We cut to scenes of her in the wheelchair, and she's like, uh, I want to go out the door. So she goes out the door, and he's like, scream. She's like, you're going to try to scream? You're going to try to get away? No one's listening. No one's here. Scream at the top of your lungs. And he starts screaming. It's pouring. And she starts, like, tugging him toward her like she's going to kiss him. And she just starts slapping him. And she's like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. 
and he's like, uh, I love you, I love you. Yeah, it's like no you know? matter all the like the berating and completely condemning of this character that she does, it he comes back at her threefold with the I love you's. So every time she says, You're a piece of shit, I hate you, I will never love you, I don't like you, I don't want to be around you, he's like Oh, but I love you so much. I'm going to take care of you. Like, I've never seen anything so pathetic in my life. Yeah. You know what, Nick? Never had an orgasm with you. Not one. <sighs> you shook the entire time. Remember I had to tell you what to do? Hands everywhere. <laughs> Bloppy. Shaky, shaky, shaky. I was afraid. You still should be. I only wanted to make you feel good. You have the faintest idea how to make me feel good. So he, like, one of our eyelashes falls off, or, like, is hanging off, and he, like, pulls it, and he says, make a wish, and she goes, wishes, my wishes don't come true. And he's like, mine did. Yeah, it was like really creepy. Yeah, so his wish was to like keep her captive, like a love slave. Well, no, just like or be, like have her. She won him. She yeah. needs him. Or like that's she, what it was. It, it was like more like yeah, she would need him. Yeah. She, you know, but she doesn't. And even though she has no legs and she's in this wheelchair and she's basically being held prisoner, she still yells at him and screams at him and tells him what a piece of shit he is all the, all the time, and he still is all about her. Now she is the most ballsy ballsy woman on the face of the earth because if you're in a position like that where someone's literally holding you captive and you have no fucking legs and you just keep telling them what a piece of shit they are and how you hate them and just totally berating them and they i mean how would you how would you feel I mean, if they just put their fucking hands around your throat and just kill you any minute, that guy could snap and fucking kill you. And she just keeps on with the insults. She's not scared of him at all. Yeah, it's not like she's mad about her legs missing. She's more mad that she has to sit next to him. Yeah. That's what it seems like. She's The acting here is so odd and the character is so unwritten that she's never like just crying. No, we never see She's always see just it. angry yeah. at him. For seeing him, for looking at him, for just can't stand she just him. Can't stand she's the like, sight of him. She's like you're a rat, you're a weasel. I fucking hate your guts. And she's not like saying, "You took my legs. Uh, you're holding me captive." You know, she's yeah. not begging for her life. Nothing. Nothing like that. She's just like, die, right? And yeah. she she basically says, "Well, my wish for you was for you to drop dead." Yeah, I mean, she's like, just even even after she's completely, you know, she's incapacitated because. She can't do anything. She's in a wheelchair, and the phone has been, you know, ripped out of the wall, and she can't call yeah. anyone. Yeah. She is still, I mean, this isn't a woman who's fearful of her life. I mean, she, she is just ballsy. She's throwing caution to the wind and just completely just destroying this guy verbally. Yeah. And he doesn't do anything. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't, like, hit her. He doesn't try to kill her. He doesn't do any of that. He's completely enamored of her. It's yeah. crazy. And, and we can't we can't not talk about this movie without talking about the uh was it um Da Vinci statue, I think it is. Uh, one of the statues, the famous statue of the like oh, the it's no Venus limbs. De Milo. Yeah. yeah. And they keep showing it 
over and over and it's like in the shade it's like a shot of like the light on it and yeah. shadow and it just keeps showing in his dreams and every everything and right at the same exact time bill paxton is now looking for her so he goes to her favorite grocery store and asks the guy hey if you see or hear from her call me mm-hmm. and he hands money to him and he's like whenever you get a, any info about her just call me up and he's like okay i can do that man so now Bill Paxton's out there looking for her, which is good. Someone's actually looking for this character. We don't know anything about her other than Bill Paxton. Right. That's the only connection so, that we yeah. have to her, well, you know, with her in the outside world. Yeah. And going back to the house now, she's taking any time that she can to punch him and throw things at him and freak out oh, yeah. at him. And <laughs> this is where it just gets even more crazy. Because the next scene is just him like, I can't take it anymore. She just keeps, you know, attacking me. So the next shot we get is her now with no arms. Yep, cut to that scene where I guess he just decides that, hey, he doesn't want things thrown at him anymore. Yeah. So he takes her freaking arms off. Yes. So So now she's just propped up everywhere in these funny chairs. She's just... One's on the dining room table. Oh, my God. And it's just her torso and head just sitting around. And every time you show, see her face, it's very nonchalant. Yeah. Like, um, is this bothering you at all? Yeah. Because uh, you don't have any arms or legs and this guy is torturing you. Like, what is he going to cut off next? Like, it's pretty scary. Yeah, she, she has no unmoved. reaction to it. She's unmoved. And, and we don't see a scene of them getting removed. No. We don't get a scene of her freaking out, finding out that she has no arms. We just cut to her armless, legless body just sitting there. And it's in all these funny shots. Like, it's just propped up in numerous spots. And them just having conversations and her basically just berating him constantly. That's the whole movie of her basically sitting there in this ridiculous, like, makeshift chair that he made for her. um, On top of a table, armless, legless, and just completely berating him. Yeah, we just see things of like him reading to her, uh, him feeding her, her him making her dinner, brushing her, him, hair, brushing her hair, like, like cleaning like she's her face, like putting adult. makeup on. Yeah, like it's so bizarre. Like he's just taking care of her, and she's allowing it. She feels it's like almost like she's not in her own body anymore. We don't even see stumps. We don't see anything, so no. it's always very comical looking. Yeah. It always just looks very fake. Yes. A- and you know that's what you're being told. She has no arms and legs now. You don't see any of that at all. No. And, and the, the funny thing is, is like they, he keeps putting her in dresses and gowns and stuff that completely try and cover the fact. Like they, you know, they cover the stumps and all that. So like nothing looks real. Nothing. I mean, looks you real. know what she's sitting in. You know, like you know, she her she's got her arms like you know pinned back behind her. Like it's just so yeah. goofy. I think what it comes down to is, if this movie needed to express the fact that this is creepy or this is dangerous or if this is anything other than funny, they're not doing it. They're doing it in a way where it's always very funny to look at. Right. And then we're supposed, I think us as the audience is supposed to be like, oh my God, how dreadful, Jesus. But since you the know? characters are so wacky, 
Yeah, we and don't... the reactions are strange. Yeah, we're laughing. You can't help but react in a way where you shouldn't. Yeah, we're like freaking laughing. We couldn't believe it. We were all looking at each other like, what is tone are they going? Like, for? Yeah. What is going on? It's it's so bizarre. And the like, acting was so bad. And it's just him. He's just so crazy. There's a scene where he she's saying to him, "If you want, if you love me, if you care about me, just kill yourself." And he's like. You want me to do it? And he goes and gets a gun. It's a it's like a a toy cowboy gun, it looks like. It looks like it. He he points it at her head and he's like, You want me to do it? You want me to end it? I'll put you out of your misery. And he's just pointing at her and he's like, No, you want me to kill myself instead? So he puts it to his head and he goes, If I'm dead, then you're just laying here and no one's gonna take care of you. You need me. You need me to be here. Like that's all he wanted in this whole entire movie was for her to need him. Yeah, and when we say like he's freaking out, he's still doing it in a way where he's like, "I I love you." Like it's it's so funny. It, it's not sad, or if it's it's not coming off as creepy. It's goofy. He's not yelling at her. He's just basically like, "I can kill you, Helena. I can kill myself." I love you. Yeah, you to know. have like a nonchalant conversation like that, but in that in that tone, like he just looked like such a goober. Yeah, he he. After that, he puts the gun down and just puts his head on her non lap, like whatever whatever's I mean, there. Whatever. I, I mean, it doesn't look like there's anything that he's putting our his head on. There's no there's no uh, leverage. You know, there's no like bending. I mean, she just she's has just like propped up. Yeah, like she's and he's just, just sitting there, putting his head against her. And at this time, he closes his eyes and has a dream about his mother again, like yeah. another sexual thing with his mother saying something to him. And all of a sudden, Helena's arms come down and start like stroking her his hair, and she's like, "You are just a little baby. You just need to be cuddled and taken care of." Yeah. You know, you just want to be loved. And she's like full on again. And he and she's in a dress and it's like really she does like a butterfly. Like she puts a, yeah. the dress up in the air with her hands. It's so extra. And, and she's like, you want to love me and I want to love you. And it's not really happening. No, it's not. But what's really odd is Anne comes home. For some reason, Anne comes to check on him, and there's a key at the front door. So she comes in the house. He's, like, excited. Anne, you're here. And he covers the doorway so it's not—you can't see Helena on the table. But it's also open a crack so she can see out. Yeah, and and so—but he puts her in her chair, in her wheelchair, and wheels her around. So while Anne is fumbling with the key— she has several opportunities to look inside the house and see that he's pushing Helena around and he put a gag in her mouth to shut her up. And so he's pushing her into another room. But Anne walks in the house. And I'm sorry, but if someone's like got a, 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 like a, you know, a gag or some kind of like handkerchief in their mouth, if there's groaning and moaning, you can still hear them. Yeah. Especially when there's no one else in the house. So... This woman's completely clueless, this yeah. Anne person. She's completely yeah. clueless. Now, why she came back to this house is beyond me, because I would have told him to go F himself yeah. after he basically is clearly in love with another woman and completely humiliated her at the party. But the opposite of that happens. The opposite. So she's there ready to freaking, you know, she's ready to have sex with him. She's, you know, 
all all about him until they have an encounter. She actually drops right to her knees. Yep. He basically says, oh, I care about you, and hugs her so she won't turn around and look at Helena. Right. And that's when she goes, oh, I love you and I miss you too. And she drops to her knees to give him a blowjob. Yeah. And they start having sex. Well, they start getting a little, like, intimate and, you know, handsy, but then... He starts thinking about Helena. Staring at Helena staring at them. Staring at them, and he like prematurely <laughs> ejaculates. At a, and when he's like just on, you know, he's just just pulled his there. pants down. Yeah, and she's like, "It's okay, it's all right." Like and this is in the middle of the like foyer in the house. It's okay? on the floor. Like yeah, in yeah. the middle of the floor. Like like in the middle of the like when you walk into the like the hall. Yeah, and so. It, it this is just happening. It just happened so fast that this woman number one came back to this house because she's a freaking dummy. Obviously, this guy's in love with another woman and is lying about it. Um, and she's just he also stopped working at his job. He quit his job quit out his of nowhere job. and had everyone worried about where he is and you know what he's up to. And he's just acting erratically and strangely. And she's just saying, "Like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm here. You know, let's do it." Yeah, and and when he he you know finishes she's like it's okay it's all right i get it you know it's been a long time for me too and i'll help you clean up and he just basically goes you should get out of my house just get out like he throws this woman out and she goes well i guess i'm gonna give you your key back yeah like uh lady you should have given him his key back when he absolutely admitted to being in love with another woman like what is wrong with you like that's why i said everyone in this movie is either a colossal piece of shit or a fucking dummy yeah and she falls into the dummy category, obviously. Without dumb doubt. character. Dumb. And so he throws her out. That's the end of Anne. Um, well, yeah. And Helena now takes this time to use all of that against him by calling him, you know, he can't have sex. You can't do anything. Which, he was with Anne already. So they yeah. must have been having sexual experiences. Yeah, but she's just wanting to hurt him. So she's like, you can't hang. You're not a man. Your manlyhood's gone. Yeah, but you it know, does just- seem... Like, no, he really is sexually inadequate, like, in some way. Because she, he starts saying, oh, she's like, you really don't know. You're just a little child still, aren't you? You're damaged. And he's like, I, I am. And then they get a hooker? Yeah, so I guess to prove to her that he is a man and he can hang, he hires a prostitute. and Which we don't know. All of a sudden we just see him with a woman. It just happens just it, it just happens okay we don't know this woman we've never seen her before she we just you know she's a she's a hooker so helena is in the um side room with the doors partially open and she could peek through and watch him having sex with this hooker which is passionate and wild and you know greasy and all sorts of nasty shit <laughs> and they're and playing that one song we were talking about they're playing that ridiculous song perfect and 90s so, song Yeah, the perfect 90s song. Oh, I hate the fucking 90s music. But like, it wasn't Enya, it was... Oh, uh, no, it was Enigma. Enigma. And so... Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're going at it, and they're having sex, and they're going at all these crazy and, stuff. Yeah, and, and then you cut to her. And they keep showing Helena, like, she's super she's into it. into it. She's, like, orgasm. Yeah. And they're filming it in a way where it's like a fireplace, and he's showing her a little eye peeking through. Yeah. And they're playing that music, and he's just staring at her while he's having sex with this other woman and afterwards 
he's with Helena alone and goes, wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? I think I was great. And she goes, do you think you're great? And he's like, yeah, I think I was really good. She's like, I'm glad for you. I'm glad <laughs> that you thought you were good. And he's like, you don't think I, what could I do better? What, what, what should I do? You know, and she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't even know if this is when it happens because basically the whole movie runs down to these two fighting and her just telling him that she's a piece of, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And then, you know, and him kissing her ass and that's it. So it's kind of confusing what happens where, but randomly there's a scene where Bill Paxton is standing outside the house watching them and he sees him and he covers his tracks by sending flowers to Helena's house again. So and he's like, I miss you, Helena. Where you been? Please, when you return, contact me. I miss you. So to throw Bill Paxton off the, the, the case. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that works for a little bit. Bill Paxton's like done. He's like, screw her, you know? But we don't know how Bill Paxton knows about the house. Yeah, we he don't just know. showed up. We don't know a lot of things. Like, we yeah. still don't know how and when he met Helena, the, the Julian yeah. Sands character. We don't know how he met her. When they went on their first date, what happened on their date? Like, what, you know, why didn't see each other again? Yeah. Unless it was just, she is a fucking call girl. And they only just, you know, had that one encounter and he fell in love with her. Yeah. You know, he just went ape shit. That's, that's, that's what I'm guessing. Because we don't know anything about how they even came to be, yeah. the two of them. So after the sexual encounter with the prostitute, I guess, Helena says to him, I want to feel like a woman, and I want you to make me feel like a woman again. And so they start making out. Helena and Julian Sands start making out. And she's like, I want you to make love to me. Now, this is where we thought, holy crap, are we going there? Are we going to see, like, a dummy on top of him or whatever like I a was sex, wondering how simulated do that. sex scene with yeah. a dummy body or some crazy thing and I was going to say if this happens how come I've never seen it anywhere yeah. and he says now this is the moment he's been waiting for yep. he wants to make love to her Yep. and it's, oddly he's cut off her limbs but never like sexually assaulted her Yeah. Okay. which so- is that's, wow. That's like, something I need to talk about real briefly, okay? Now, this woman, th- this is a this is a guy who is completely obsessed in every single way with this woman. And he's undressing and dressing her. And he's and undressing her, her ass. And she's going to the bathroom yeah, and cleaning he's her. cleaning her and this we never see in all this time that he she's there with him any kind of sexual yeah. activity. And this is the first time that she's like, "You know what? I kind of want you." You know, and, and, and this happened. Now, he's like, this is the moment he's super excited. He should be, like, freaking out and just doing it. But instead, he decides, you know what? Give me one minute. And he calls the grocery store and orders her order. That she gets, like, the gin with but the pomegranate. We, we never have it established how he knows what that order right, is. Right, never. It just happens. He just knows everything. So he says the, the alcohol, the lime... And, and the, the pomegranate. pomegranate. Yeah. And the guy at the grocery, of course, is the same guy, goes... That, that Bill Paxton He knows to, instantly. Yeah, and This said, is Helena's hey. order. Yep. She has to be there. Yeah. So he calls Bill Paxton. So cut back. They're going to do it. And they are making out. And 
they are getting very hot and heavy, and she is very into him. And at that same moment, Bill Paxton breaks in. I think with a gun. He has a gun, yeah. And he sees Helena and is like, oh my god, you made her a freak. And Helena starts, and he starts beating Julian Sands like senseless. And she starts screaming, no, don't hurt him. He's mine. You know, don't hurt him. Please leave him alone. You don't get it. You don't understand. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and, uh, Bill Paxton's like, what are you saying? You're crazy. He made you a freak. You're a fucking freak now. And he's got to die. And, uh, he starts beating him senseless. She's like, leave him alone. Please don't hurt him. This is the first time. She never cried or screamed about it. Her legs or arms being cut off, but she's now screaming that he's getting beat up. Yeah, the guy, the who, guy cut who did this to her. Her arms and legs off. So this is like Stockholm syndrome or some sort, right? I I think I think I know what the movie's trying. But to But it talk took about. a long time to get there. Yeah, and I think I know what it's trying to do about how she was just as sexually disturbed as he is, and that she wanted to, she could never be, like, no man could ever tame her. Yeah. And this man actually did. And that's what she was waiting for. Yeah. She kind of wanted this. Because she just treated him like total dog shit through the whole movie. Yeah. The movie's kind of saying that these two belong together in some sick way. Yeah. But in a very strange turn of events, he is knocked into the statue that we've been seeing through the whole movie. Yeah. And it falls off its pedestal and lands on his head. And fade to black, strange dream sequence. He wakes up in a hospital bed. He wakes up in a hospital chair. He's asleep in a chair. Okay, I thought it was one of those beds on the side in the ER. There was a bed in the room that he was in, but he was sitting in the chair. There was an empty bed. And so the doctor, his friend, comes in and says... Kurtwood Smith comes in. Kurtwood Smith says... Uh, you can see her. She's she's sleeping now. So she's recovering. She's recovering. She's sleeping. She's very drugged. And she and so Julian Sands goes and follows him into a room where Helena is miraculously fine with all of her limbs. I don't know if all are the legs still there. Yep, all Get of her limbs are there. She's fine. So this is exactly what I called in the middle of the movie. When I said this shit is too crazy to be really happening. I think this is all in his head because what we did not share with you is that he's been taking antipsychotic meds throughout the whole entire movie. So there is something not right. And I but said But that doesn't matter because the time we saw him with the uh, antipsychotics, he was actually in a dream. Yeah. So he I, I felt like this whole entire movie was happening in his head. It was, it, I mean, I, I called it out to my the, friends. I was like, there's no way that this is real. From the moment she got hit by the car onward, it's a dream. It's a dream. The whole thing was a dream. It was like... Which is crazy because we have other characters that we're seeing without him. Right. Which wouldn't happen because it would all be through his point of view yes, and his it, fantasy. Yes. Unless he had a fantasy about Kurtwood Smith questioning the other doctors about taking his position. Right. Why would he have that fantasy? He would. Why would he have Bill Paxton going to the grocery store? Right. Why Why would any of that happen? Yeah, that's in his fantasy. Yeah, it's so bizarre, and it makes zero sense. It's just so... I, I've never... Anyway, so at he the goes end, up to she... He goes up to her to touch her, 
But when he does, the lights flash, and he sees a shot again of her, like, with no limbs. And then he lets go, and he backs off, like a warning of things to come if he stays with her. Right. Exactly. So she's in a hospital bed recovering from her accident, and, you know, she does have all her limbs. She's fine. And all that shit was in his head. All of that sick, crazy shit was in his head. Um, and I just think that if I, I feel like, okay, we didn't talk about this and I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for it, but this was directed by a woman. It just seems as though it was a little over the top. And this is coming from me, a woman thinking that, okay, this woman director made it so obvious and in your face and almost embarrassing that this man was groveling at this woman's feet. I mean, groveling. It, it was embarrassing. Embarrassing. Like, it was almost like, you know, you're completely emasculating this guy. Okay. Like, I don't know. It was like just a little over the top for well, me. Well, what's the heat that you're going to get? What are you going to say? Because I saying? feel like, you know, because a woman directed this, you're, you're going to turn this man into like a comical emasculated little puppy well usually when a, they say when a man writes a woman the man always writes the woman to be a needing hero and needing help and needing to be saved and when a woman writes a man it's always that he's groveling and he's a, a puss yeah but i so feel like, like it was a bit extra like to, if you're gonna you know be obsessed with someone okay you're obsessed with someone but the way this this actor this character was behaving in this movie was just a smidge but, extra uh, to give her credit in the writing she was i think trying to make a story about how both were awful people and they oh, both yeah. needed each other and they both had saying that there's somebody out there for everybody in a sick 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 way that's what's really odd about it it's always really strange because if a man had written this it would have been called the most sexist thing ever i think i don't know i mean i just think that it's it, yeah, because I think it's that... about a man virtually like ripping away everything from a woman. But yes. the woman, and also the woman is written so comically vulgar that it's almost saying that she deserves it, which is also odd. So if, it feels like this is a guy writing it. Yeah, that's why. But when I... it's a 19 year old girl writing it, yeah. it's very strange. But if she was trying to make a story about two sick individuals that were damaged sexually and psychologically needing each other in some sick way. That's an interesting story, but the way that she did it is terrible. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, she, just... she, he incapacitated her so that she would need him. But yes. had he not which cut virtually... off her arms and legs, then she wouldn't have needed yeah, which him. Which is virtually kidnapping rape of another kind you know raping her like away her body from i her. mean it's 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 disgusting and disturbing but it's that's what's so odd about it. like that this isn't it's an interesting disturbing concept which we i feel like we've seen other versions of it like uh uh what's that syndrome movie we saw i think uh stendel syndrome yeah yeah which bears if it's virtually like a movie about Stockholm Syndrome went someone kidnapping something until they needed them. Yeah. Which is what people really do this shit to people. And it's disgusting. No, I've heard a lot of stories and about that. that's what's so odd about this that this was a, some t sort of sexual fantasy film that somewhere in this, this was supposed to be a fantasy. 
Like, she was supposed to be getting attracted to it. Right, but it's so and bizarre it, that the way she went about it, like, that way. Yeah. I mean, there's not one moment in this movie where um, Sherilyn Fenn was like crying or agonized or you know out of her mind. She was completely lucid and speaking normal and calmly yeah. when she wasn't berating him. You know, like it, none of this ever happened. She was just okay with being yeah, limbless. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and I feel like I have to clarify myself a little bit by saying what's interesting. It would have been interesting. Even in a demented, sick way, it still would have been a sick story. But would have been more interesting if they tackled it in a dramatic way. Yeah. But the way that they tackle it in this comical sense, this very strange, messy, comical way. Yeah. It it comes off like almost intentionally spoofy. And, and yeah, like you know, like it was the way it was the and way. I don't think um, she intended it at all. I don't know, but I can tell you, like the way uh, Kathy Bates did. James Caan in Misery. Remember when she... It felt like that. It actually felt know? like that to me a lot. Um, But it, it's still... Like, there were moments in that movie where you're like, okay, this woman's a nutcase. You know, she's funny in a lot of ways, too. You know, you cock-a-doody. Yeah. And, like, how she would be, like, with her dialogue and stuff. But, like, it, there's a lot of scenes in that movie where you just agonized, agonized over, um, you know... What what he you know what she's doing to James Caan in that movie like yeah. I mean the the feet and all that stuff like I mean you just felt really bad for him and the whole movie he looked like he just wanted to die, but in this one you know this woman has no fucking yeah. arms or legs and she's fine. I would have liked to have seen her fight back. I would have liked to have seen Something. her dealing with the emotion of what's happening to her and maybe growing to want him. It, it would have been it would have been semi interesting. If they did any of those type of things. Right. But they miss those marks every moment. Yeah. And like another thing I have a huge problem with is like we talked about, you know, it's like he's having this fantasy and but Bill Paxton storms in with a gun. I mean, that's that's part of your fantasy. It, it makes no sense. Like how the, in they... his fantasy. Well, no, I, I think yeah. that's before it. No, it, it's the fantasy. I was going to say the kid. One of his co-workers having sex with her is part of his fantasy. But I was like, no, that was before he got, she got hit by the car. So that wasn't a part of his fantasy. Right. No, but I mean, <laughs> Bill Paxton storming in there with a gun and, and you know, getting into a fight with him. And that's all part of your fantasy? Again, I, I don't so really don't weird. know if this is her, his fantasy or if this was a, like, a Final Destination type of premonition. Like, the whole movie was a premonition of what could have happened. If he decided I mean, to take yeah, the other path. You can go that way too. I, I think but that would work. But it's still disgusting. Like it's his so... other path was to cut her legs off and kidnap her. Yeah. It, it's just so odd. Like this this movie was like, um, it, it was very brutal to watch. And I think that had we been watching it alone together, I would have just been staring at you, you in the face and laugh, you know? But like we were watching with other people and all I could do was look at our friends' faces and see what was going on in the room and... We were all laughing. Everybody I mean, was we were all just flabbergasted. We were flabbergasted. We didn't know what was, you know, what is this? Yeah, you know what's even funnier is he goes back to his ex-girlfriend at the end. He realizes, I should just stay with a girl that I'm not that into. Yeah, of course. Is that the message? Yes. The message is, eh. Love the one you're with. Yeah, stay with her. You know, yeah. like, go with, go back with the one that you're not that sexually attracted to or that interested in. Right. And she just puts up with him. Yeah, so it's just apparently. astounding. Like, this movie was so freaking awful. I, I couldn't take it. But, I mean, it, it was 
we brought it up against bring it on hashtag worldwide cheer smack <laughs> and that was my pick because I, I usually pick like horror smut you know like you know um amazon girls in the jungle or you know girls from a chain gang in prison or whatever some crap horror movies like that but like um i wanted to do something different and i was like okay i'm confident that there's no way that boxing helena is going to win the night and it actually won the night well i i i just want to go back to the movie and only talk about what happens next yeah because he did cause her he basically tried to bring her to the house and lure her there and the only reason she was hit by that car was because he was holding her book and forced her into the house and it forced her to run out mm -hmm. so she's got a good case on her hands Oh, my God, him. yeah. He looks like a bad person here. Well, he, he is a bad person. I know. And, and so I'm like going forward. And also, I don't know. You said she has her legs. Yes. She's, she has her limbs. All well, of that's them. That's wild. I, I don't think she's going to walk. He kissed, her, he kissed her hand, and he just backed away slowly. Because she's, he saw the flash, and he saw the... Yeah, so I'm getting a vibe that like he's just... Get, that was it. He's going to go on with his life and give oh, up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But how does she... That's my point. Well, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, she might need him now. Which is funny. I mean, no. There's other places she can get help. She does not need him. I can't imagine Bill Paxson hanging out with her if she's uh, in a wheelchair or something. No. 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 He's not that type of guy. Exactly. But I don't... I mean, they never really say if she's going to be able to walk we don't, or We nothing. don't know. It just ends there. Basically, he goes to Anne, hugs her, and it ends. Yeah. That's it. That's the movie. That's the movie. It, it was it was terrible. It just it, it such an odd friggin' piece of shit. Like it's weird in so many ways, and it's so sloppily done. But you know, it, it is that strange. I always say like uh, was uh, uh, Twilight written by like a twenty year old, you know, like an older or like an older woman who was like jaded, like you know, like Twilight and True Blood and all these things. So it's like. The, the sexual fantasy of a woman being taken over by a monster or someone's going to hurt her. Yeah. And here we are, a 19-year-old girl writes a movie about a guy holding a limbless woman yeah. hostage. It's very, it's very shocking. And it's, it's like, that's the fantasy. Yeah. Which is really fucking scary. Like, it is. at the end of the day, you know, you, you have these women who try to marry serial killers in jail. Like... Oh, yeah. There is this thing. Those and people it's exist. it's so weird to me. Yeah. And I don't think I'm ever going to get used to it. No. And I love when you when you hear so many times, like, horror and all these movies are written mainly by men who are, like, have sexual fantasies. But when you see this stuff, you're like, yeah, no. It goes both ways, man. It definitely goes both ways. There's slumber party massacre saying, movies, too. It's like, yeah. this is, these are women yeah. fantasies, too. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't put a, um, a gender... On this kind of thing, like it's it's an everybody thing. It really is. It is it's such an interesting thing to discuss. It is so weird. It is. And it is such a mess. This movie is is a hot mess. This movie. And, I, uh, you know, I will say that even though she's she's very beautiful, Sherilyn Fenn, I feel like I mean her career her was like career done after was this one. Done after this. I mean, it, it was. She's not. She was not good in this movie. And I nobody nobody was good in this movie. No. Nobody. Um, I hate to say that. Yeah, Bill but Paxton. Yeah, not oh, Bill was Paxton bad. was just Bill Paxton. Yeah, you know he was just being, yeah. you know, a goof. What do you think? Uh, 
David Lynch said to his daughter about this movie. At the end of it. Oh, God. well, David Lynch is a, he's something. Uh, I can't see his, him giving his daughter directing advice. I mean, that's scary to think. But that, that's a that's a. Funny I don't know. One. I can't see him saying I'm well, proud of Well, we see Argento you. and his daughter. That's a odd thing too. So oh, who knows what, yeah. what these uh, what these uh, who knows? But and, I can't imagine him being like, oh, you know, uh, I really appreciate the subject matter because I don't see David Lynch enjoying something like this or you know appreciating something like this actually i don't and, and you know what's really funny too is i wonder if sherilyn finn was just like i'll help out your daughter and do it after the kim basinger thing because he worked with her yeah i don't know and it's the same thing with bill, bill paxton it was he's very friendly with the whole family so i mean i feel like this movie was like a career dooming you know it's odd it's i yeah, mean it's wild, no no right? i mean seriously after this what the hell did she go on to do and what about warlock he didn't i mean what did he do yeah it, their careers just tanked after this which is you can see why it's a terrible movie this this would can you imagine this hitting theaters and people in the audience the audience must have been insane for this movie Oh my God! I I don't think anyone even went to the theater to see I, it. I got I, I mean. I think it only made a million dollars. Did it? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't imagine it making the word of mouth had to be like so bad. I this one I don't I knew about this movie a little bit because of the box and at the video store. I box remember seeing office. this and being like, "What is this?" One point eight million. It that's what it made. One point. Yes, I, I mean that's awful. That's yeah. awful. I'm just like... It could have been way worse. It could have? Because that's pretty bad. I mean, it, it could have... been like 50 grand. True. But I mean, you would think like a movie would have... Like a, like this would have like, um, you know, pretty decent word of mouth because people would be like, oh my God, you got to see this. It's just so crazy. You know? Yeah. It's like any like David Cronenberg movie. You know? Like, oh, you got to see this. It's bonkers. It's crazy. You know? Like, you got to see it some you know like that kind of thing like you just yeah. have to it's like when when tarantino makes a movie oh it's tarantino you just got to see yeah you know yeah, I guess like so. i feel like like this movie would give off that vibe like Maybe. oh you won't believe what you're seeing on the screen you just won't <laughs> believe it you have to you have to see this movie yeah you know but it didn't it didn't do that yeah there's none of it and, you know i actually remember people talking about this movie though when i was a kid like younger i remember people say oh you wouldn't believe this film it's sexy it's sexual it's very strange but I never knew anything about it. So I, I, you know, I've always wanted to see this this film, and I never watched it. I just, I never got around to yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's on that list of things I've heard is strange that you should see. Yeah, I never expected it to be like this. No, and I think as as we've grown up and gotten older, um, a movie like this, like we can already just see through it and pinpoint everything that's wrong with it yeah whereas if we saw it back in 1993 when it came out we would have just been like you know whoa yes <laughs> and we wouldn't have sat there and been like oh this movie is a piece of crap yeah, right we would have been like oh my god look look at this movie like what is happening here she has no arms and legs like i mean even the sex scene with the hooker was pretty raw it was yeah and i gotta tell you if if it did do the uh i don't know what you call it when a person has no arms and legs there's a word for it i think but if they did do the sex scene with that quadriplegic isn't it i don't know yeah maybe that sounds i don't want to sound dumb yeah i don't know um if 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 that had happened if there was a sex scene like that this would have been very known 
Oh my god. This yeah. would have been talked about for a long time. This would have been one of those movies where you have to see this. You're not going to believe what they did. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. A quadriplegic, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound dumb. Uh, it's when you have paralysis of all four limbs, okay. but you have your limbs. We shouldn't um, know that. I guess it's just a, a uh, amputee. I don't oh, yeah, know how to describe yeah. this. I thought there was something for it, but it doesn't matter. It but probably it, does if, have a name. If that but... scene had happened, this would have been a cult thing. This would have been huge, and we would have known about it a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I think so too. But it th- sh- it's just, it came off so goofy. I think yeah. that the only real scene in the movie that felt real was the, you know, pretty, you know, explicit sex scene. With in the, the opening, it wasn't even that big. Well, with the one with the hooker. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, I there's a that. lot of yeah. there was some crazy shit. Going oh, and on. it turns out that the hooker wasn't a hooker; it was actually a nurse that worked with him. And yeah, it, when we find out it's a dream, she passes him in the hallway dressed like a nurse. Yeah, so everyone in his life is kind of like in this dream sequence. Yeah, I'm just mad that Kurt, uh, that Art Garfunkel. Didn't have a bigger thing in his fantasy. He never came back. He never comes back. Um, it's like it could have just been any Joe Schmo off yeah. the street. Like, hey, you want to roll in a movie? Five yeah. bucks. <laughs> let me let me ask you a question now before we get out of this. Um, do you, are you shocked that we keep finding movies that are this crazy? I'm happy about it. it. It's odd though that we like. Wow, I didn't expect to find a movie that had a guy removed women's arms and legs i know i keep them hostage i'm happy we keep finding movies like this and also shocked that you know we've seen so many movies but we haven't seen you know some of these that like when i tell people oh we watch boxing helena they're like what how have you not seen that you know how have you not seen that that? i mean we watch zombievers for god's sakes and you've never seen boxing helena did someone say that to you yeah my brother-in-law wow yeah and he actually said these words oh Come on, Boxing Helena is great. <laughs> okay, now I know who that is. So it's now, my brother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding. Go back and watch it again. Uh, he's also been wanting us to watch Barbarilla, I believe, yeah. which we still have never seen. Never so seen it. Should do that one too. Yeah, and maybe Cherry Two Thousand. I think he talked about. Once okay, though. I really want to see Cherry Two Thousand. Uh, all right, though. So final scores. Okay, I'm giving this a three. Yeah, I'm going four. Wow. I don't know why. Oh, it's dreadful. I feel like I've seen worse. Oh, of course we've seen worse, but damn. A four. The, I, mean, I still three. can't watch I... the stank off my eyeballs from this movie. There's something insanely weird about it and surreal that I find a little more better than like a three or a two or one. No, it's yeah. a three. It's a three easy because even like some of the directing was like, okay, what what are you going for here? There, I can't even see the person I'm supposed to be seeing. Like it was just odd. Hmm. You know, like I don't know. The shots were. It was. It I'm wasn't sh- the worst directing I've ever seen, and we've seen some crap. I'm but... going for because of the fact that I know there's someone out there that's going to go. Here's what you missed. And this is what it was about. Yeah, I would love to to hear people's thoughts. I think that there is this. somebody out there who's like. This was actually about this. And and I know, I can see some of the subtext there. Well, yeah, we know not, that he had some kind of sexual inadequacies. And so did she. That's and why so she was she. so off Yes, people. she was very mean and cold-hearted. Yeah. Um, I and, think she wanted to be like, uh, what's that called? Uh, 
bondage, like uh, when you're, uh, I can't remember the word for it, when yeah, a like, woman, person wants to be like, like a, a dom- like a dominatrix. Yeah, but or like when a... you're the dominatrix. Oh, like the that. submissive. Yeah, like maybe that, that she was hoping called? for that, like someone to take over and be the person who puts her in her place. Oh yeah, like a do- like a dominant. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's like, a word for it. I don't know. I, don't know I failed my S and M class, so. But yeah, so like. It's not I, the place place you get clothing at. Oh no, it's H and M. Oh yeah, yeah, close though, close. Okay. Um, but so yeah, I, I don't know. I I'll give hold us a your three. bag, honey. I'll hold your bag and sit with all the men outside. Oh no, no. See, I don't do that to my husband. I don't make my my husband hold my purse. I don't make him buy me feminine products. That stuff I don't do. I ain't holding my purse. All right. I don't. Uh, as as Helena does with um, this character in the movie, she emasculates the shit out of him. Ladies, don't emasculate your man. Just saying. And men, treat your woman right. And don't cut off their limbs. Yeah, don't cut. Off, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. So nice. If a woman says, "Get the fuck out of my way," just get the fuck. Out just of get way. the fuck out of her way. Yeah. That's it. That's all we got for you. Boxing Elena is uh, that is a three from me and a four from Scott, and I never ever want to see this movie again. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. I'm Artie Garfunkel, and this is my little ad for coming back to the stage, how I've missed performing. It's been over a year now, so I want to gather with my audiences this fall, and this is my calling card. attention.